everybody, welcome to Mogul Talk with Darcel Lari, where success is just a byproduct of who we are. It's your girl, your host, Darcel, where every week I'll be bringing you a Mogul Minute of inspiration, new topics, and surprise guests. Stay tuned. It's time for your Mogul Minute of inspiration. Can I get a drum roll, please? Today's Mogul Minute of inspiration is your habits determine your direction. Let me say that again. Your habits determine your direction. See, the reason why I say that is because a lot of us have made some mistakes in our lives and we feel like there's nothing we can do. We're stuck. We're feeling overwhelmed. We may even get depressed or start to feel anxiety like the world is crashing down on us. But let me take some time to encourage each and every one of you. If you start to see that your life is not going in the way that you would like it to go, guess what? You can start changing your habits that affect your direction. So it's so important to be self-aware and look at yourself. Look at the decisions that you're making and say, what can I change so that way I can change my direction? Now, if some of you are killing it and you said, you know what? My life is going exactly the way I planned. Kudos to you. Pat yourself on the back and we need to learn from you. But if you're like me, who's made some mistakes, I want to encourage you. I want you to know. Know that you can change your habits, which will now change your direction. And that was your Mogul Minute of Inspiration. Hey, everybody, welcome to Mogul Talk with Darcel Lari. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode. And today we are talking about credit. Yes, we have to get our credit right, y'all, because we have some financial goals this year in 2019, and we want to make sure you secure the bag for sure. So I have Crystal Credit Chica on the line. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. How are you? I am good and just so honored and grateful to be here and ready to talk about credit. It's important. Yay! (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. And I just wanted to ask, like, tell the listeners who you are, what you do, and how did you get started? Okay, so my name is Crystal. I go by Crystal Credit Chica. And what I do is I help people repair their credit, um, really that simple. And, I, and also along the way, just educating about financial independence, um, how to get out of debt, and then credit as a part of that journey. And I got into credit repair because I myself um, took a cross-country trip. I moved from Los Angeles to Philadelphia My husband and I moved because of a family emergency, and that meant leaving our jobs. That meant starting off from fresh. And when that happened, um, my credit certainly took a dive, and a friend of mine knew the situation that I was in and that I was a homeowner and that would, again, want to buy a home and uh, buy a new car, that I would be someone wanting to rebuild. And she recommended talking to a friend of hers in the credit repair industry And I got some help and was just really amazed at the results that I got within 60 days and realized that, you know, credit was not as complicated as what I thought. And as an educator, you know, one of the things I love to do is when I get good information, I'm excited about passing that along. And that's really how I got involved in credit repair. 
And um, and I just like to let people know that it's possible, you know, that it is not impossible to, to get your credit right and that you can do it and you can maintain it. And, you know, if you need help, it's okay to ask. Love it, love it, love it. Um, one of the things that, I, that really stood out to me that was like, bing, when, when you, you said <laughs> credit is not as complicated as you thought. And, and I, I think, think many of us think that it's very complicated. Many people mm-hmm. don't know their credit score. Um, mm-hmm. Many people are fearful of knowing what's on their credit yeah. score. Can you talk to that and talk about that experience that you had where you did, like really had that uh, uh, epiphany or aha moment where you said credit is not as complicated as you thought? And why do you think it's really like an uncomfortable topic for so many people? Yeah, okay, so in terms of, like, why I think, I'm going to start with that, like, why I think it's so uncomfortable and why it was uncomfortable for me is that I think we just have a lot of fear. I think a lot of people don't really know how credit works, and then, therefore, we're just afraid, and it's a lot easier to ignore it and to just be like, I'm good, or I'm going to work with the money I have than to find out and kind of face what our credit scores are, because we are probably working from some kind of poverty mindset that would tell us that our credit score is going to be very low, Um, which in fact, you know, if we've never really looked, we really just don't know. Um, And I didn't know by ignoring my credit how little I did know um, when I could have easily, you know, had access to the information. Um, So like just to speak to the simplicity of credit a little bit, credit is basically your financial trustworthiness. This is how lenders decide whether you are a trustworthy mm-hmm. person in terms of whether they should lend to you, you know, and, that, and that's really just what it is. Um, in terms of how simple it is, um, creditors want to know if you can pay your bills on time. So they do, have, they do report your credit, you know, every time you have a bill, let's say you have a credit card, um, every month that company does report into the three major credit bureaus as to whether you are paying on time, whether you're 30 days late, 60 days, or 90 days. And so there is a report of kind of all of our financial behavior um, that compiles that. And the simplicity of it is your, your credit score is compiled of your payment history, like I just described, your credit usage, which is just how much of the available credit that you have are you using, um, and how long, you know, you, your oldest age of your credit is. Like, do you, is all your credit brand new, like you've only had credit in the last six months, or do you have five or more years of credit? Um, and then finally, you know, it does affect, like, how often your credit has been ran. So if you are someone who is looking to buy a car and let's say you've had your credit ran three times by three different companies, that does affect your credit for a small dip for a small amount of time. So that's sort of the, the basics of what comprises your credit score. That's good stuff. Great, great things for individuals to know. And I definitely agree with you that I think that fear definitely takes, you know, a huge part of the reason why many people are uncomfortable with uh, mm-hmm. checking their credit score or they know that they haven't been as responsible with their money um, or how they've managed their money or their bills and they're scared to know the outcome. But 
what you're saying is like facing it and just really saying, Say, okay, okay, it doesn't have to be scary. And, and then, then um, knowing, you know, the facts on how to rebuild it. Also, you know, you mentioned uh, talking about is your credit like, you know, when people have run your credit, is it brand new or is it, you know, pretty old or is it within the six, mm-hmm. last six months? So. Talk about new inquiries. Like when is it like the apps that are there's a bunch of apps that are out there now for you to check your credit score and maintain your credit score or know your credit score. Are those new? Do those add new inquiries or is that kind of safe to use like the apps? So most people don't realize that actually legally you are entitled to one free credit report from each one of the credit credit bureaus. Excuse me. Um, once per year. Uh, so that means for every single one, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, which are the three major credit bureaus, you are entitled to one credit report from each of those. And when you requ- request that free um, credit report, you are not penalized at all for that. On top of that, if you are using an app such as, um, I'm trying to think of the names of the uh, like Credit Sesame or Credit Karma or uh, Smart Credit, these are three apps that you could put on your phone. That does not penalize your credit inquiry whatsoever. That's completely free to you and available for you to to utilize in order to see your score. That's good. That's good. And then also a lot of those apps, they don't show you all three uh, credit bureaus or do they just show you just just one credit credit bureau? Most of those apps will show you either one or two, Um, and then sometimes they'll show you what is called your FICO score, and your FICO is sort of an average between the three major credit bureaus. So you're not going to necessarily get all of the information you would by getting a report sent to you from each of these credit bureaus, but you will get a snapshot of either two of these uh, credit bureau scores like Equifax and Experian or you'll get your FICO uh, score, which is an average of all three. So it's kind of good. So in regards to the apps, it's kind of good just to kind of know like your average, but you definitely want to run that full credit report that is owed to you once a year. So that way you can really know if there's some inquiries or some things that's on your credit so that you can kind of work on those things. Absolutely. Because the big deal is that if you get those credit reports pulled for yourself and you want, first of all, I want to say that like while you can pay for a credit repair service, anyone can 100% work on their own credit at home. Like it is possible for any one of us to Mm -hmm. do that. Um, And the work to do that really involves getting this free, you know, getting these three free Uh, credit reports, and then going through and, number one, making sure that all the information that's on it is correct because there are a lot of mistakes that happen on your credit report, and if you never look, you don't know that it's on there. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, you know, if you have a negative item on your credit, it's supposed to be pulled off of your credit every seven years. Well, they don't always pull that off automatically, and if you're not Mm -hmm. looking at your credit report, you don't know if there's something on there that you actually could request for them to take it off with no questions asked. Um, the other thing is when you get those three credit uh, reports, you can look through it and you can see not only are there mistakes, but are there other things on there that either should have been removed already or things that you just dispute, like you don't agree with what's on there, or you feel that it's something that you could negotiate yourself 
um, with a, a particular creditor. So, for example, if you have something on there from a, let's say you have a late car payment, but you've always paid your car payment on time and you want to negotiate with your company um, to take that off of your credit report, you could 100% do that. Like, it's within your power and authority to dispute things that are on your credit. Just make sure that you do it in writing. I love that. That's great advice. And I think a lot of times people just don't know. They think that, oh, it's, you know, sometimes I think when it comes to finances, people feel so buried, you know, underneath their finances. But it's important to actually know than not to know. So as often as we check our bank accounts and know what's in there, we should be knowing what's on our credit. And because that's part of our reputation, that's part of, you know, the decisions that we've made. And so, like you said, if there's some things on there that doesn't belong to us, you You know, know, it's important to make sure that our reputation, our financial reputation is correct. And so that's great, great, great. Now, what are some ways, you know, we know, I think most of us know how to get into debt. Um, We know how to uh, mess up, right? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. what are some ways to increase our credit score? I think sometimes people don't know how to turn it around and turn it into a positive um, and not have that fear and overcome that fear. And how can we turn it into a positive and start building our credit back up? Well, the number one thing um, that I would say is that if you have debt, it's time to start addressing it. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's number one. The starting point is if you actually, if, you know, you may have these negative items on your credit, but that usually, one reason that that happens to people is they're falling behind on their payments because they're struggling with debt in some sort of way. So the best thing that you can do um, first and foremost is just start to address that debt. Sometimes that makes making a deal with the companies in order to negotiate, you know, a certain um, amount you're going to pay. What's important to do if you're going to do that is to request in writing that once you pay whatever the agreed upon amount, that they will remove it from your credit. So that is one thing that you can do. Like you you can start paying off your credit, you can start paying off your debt, and you can request that it be removed once it's fully paid. So that's one thing you can do. Um, Another thing is that, you know, this idea of credit usage is really important. About 35% of your credit report or your credit score is calculated from how much credit you're using. So if you have a credit card, it's important that you keep your balance at 30% or less. So if you have, you know, a $300 credit card, you should never be spending more than $100 on that card. And if you do, you want to pay it down so that it is 100 or less. Um, that's one thing you can do. And if you're someone who doesn't currently have credit for some reason, that's another thing that you might want to consider. Like if, you're, if your credit is in a state where you can't open up, let's say, a new credit card account, you might want to do like um, a prepaid credit card where you open up a, a secure card. You would pay your bank, for example, $500 that then becomes a, like a prepaid card, a secured card. And it's just a way for you to show some kind of credit utilization. If you do not have any open and available credit, it's going to be hard to build your credit report up um, and your credit score up. So you may want to consider that if you are in the point where you're so kind of far gone that you don't have any available credit. Also, just like setting up automatic payments, that's something that's really helpful for some people. If, If you're having trouble remembering when everything is due, You know, setting up those auto payments, making sure all the money is in your account at the beginning of the month and knowing 
how much all your bills all together cost so that you can have those things come out automatically. Some people also like to get in a situation where they're paying their bills a month ahead. So like, you know, it's tax season. A lot of people are getting their tax returns. One good thing you could do for yourself is pay a full month ahead in your bills so that you are always you always have one month cushion and that's one thing that you know some people do to sort of get in a situation where they have some flexibility you know with their finances I think that's really, really great advice. A couple things that you mentioned. I love the fact that you said getting one month ahead. I think that relieves some of the anxiety um, of trying to run around and make it happen because we do know that sometimes people are living check to check and sometimes people Mm -hmm. are. And I think that's why money just seems to be such a. Uh, fearful subject because people feel like they don't have enough of it. But like what you're saying is when you do get a chance or an opportunity, like when you get back, when you get your tax return back, starting to look at it as an opportunity to get ahead and not an opportunity just to spend it all. And then you have nothing to show for it. So I love that advice. Now, some people feel like credit cards or no credit cards what is your take and it sounds like there is some healthy ways to have credit cards to build credit that you were mentioning do you feel like people need to have multiple credit cards or one credit card at least or what is your take on that so you know honest honestly I think it's to each their own and One of the things that I think is really important when it comes to your financial health is being honest with yourself. Like, it does not really matter what anybody else does, and it really doesn't matter what financial gurus may recommend. You have to make decisions that you are going to be comfortable with and you can live with. So for some people, like myself, like, having a credit card is important for me because I know that it helps me build and maintain my healthy credit score because I'm someone who owns property. It's trying, you know, I own and sell property and I'm buying more. I need to have a certain credit score because when I go into, you know, lenders, I need to be able to get the APR that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the same thing goes with buying a car. So for me, it's important that I maintain that and it's worth, learning how to be, you know, responsible with a credit card. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had to learn that the hard way because <laughs> I haven't <laughs> always been responsible with a credit card because I've been in debt before. Uh-huh. I don't want to go back to that life. Um, <laughs> so, like, if being if having a credit card for you means being in debt, then don't have a credit card. Like, if you're at that place, and I've been mm-hmm. at that place. But if you are in a place where you can have a credit card and you can spend – And the way that I do it for myself is I will use my credit card, and I I like to use um, like a credit card that will be attached to me getting points, especially something that has to do with travel. So I like Mm -hmm. building up travel points. And I use it to get gas. I use it to buy my groceries, and then I pay it off immediately. And I just – that's part of my routine. It's part of my budget. And it works for me and it allows me to show a lender that I know how to use credit responsibly. And that's what works for me. Um, but like I said, like, to thine own self be true. You have to be honest about where you are. And there are times, especially, you know, let's say in my early 20s, let's say in college, let's say after college even, where I should have never had a credit card. Somebody should have snatched that right out of my hand. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I... <laughs> 
Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they. I definitely know, like, as soon as you turn 18, you receive all these things in the mail saying, hey, mm-hmm. do you want a credit card? So it, it comes like clockwork. And like mm-hmm. you said, sometimes, you know, when you get something too early and you're not ready to handle that responsibility, you can do some serious damage. But what I love that you said is that you were in a point where you were in, you had, you know, to climb out of your debt before and you were in a position where, you know, you made some not necessarily bad decisions, but irresponsible decisions, and you found a way to turn it around. Can you talk about what were some of those key things that you did to turn it around? So if someone is listening right now, I know the key word that you mentioned, uh, one of the key word or buzzwords that you mentioned was budget. What does that look for you? Look, what does that look like for you? And how did you end up getting to that point? Like some people hate that word, you know? Yeah. Uh, they don't want to hear yeah. that there's a budget, right? Mm-hmm. So what? How does that? How does that look like for you? So first of all, you know, I'm just gonna say that because I'm someone who has been in a lot of debt. And the debt that I had was really debt that I created myself. So I'm not talking about the person, because there's people who, you know, for example, have student loan debt. You know, I have student loan debt too. No, I'm talking about my bad behavior <laughs> of having, you know, multiple, cre- multiple credit cards, especially like store credit cards with ridiculous APRs that I had no idea how it worked. Mm. And, um, you know, and, and looking up and now you've got, all of these accounts and some of them are closed off. And then one day, you know, looking at it and realizing like, oh, I'm going to have to face these things. So as someone who has had that journey, um, what really worked for me at that time was I went to cash. Um, And I, you know, I I do consider myself part of the debt-free community. And if anyone doesn't know what the debt-free community is, just look on, Instagram, hashtag debt free community, um, where you will find a bunch of other people um, who are very passionate about, uh, first of all, eliminating their debt um, and then living a lifestyle that involves having, you know, little to no debt at all. And so I made, um, I didn't connect with that community at the time, but what I did was I went to the local library <laughs> and I looked up how to get out of debt. And, um, and what was recommended was going to a cash lifestyle. So I basically got to a point where I stopped um, using even a bank account for a while. I would get my paycheck. Uh, I'd pull my money out. I used envelopes. I'd put, you know, um, on each envelope, you know, what, you know, whatever the, let's say I would put, I'd have an envelope for my food. I'd have an envelope for each of my utility bills. I'd have an envelope for my debt repayment, and I would use those envelopes as a way of really seeing what I had and what I didn't have. Mm-hmm. Because for me in the beginning when I was dealing with credit cards, money wasn't real to me. <laughs> I wasn't really dealing with real cash and real money, and mm-hmm. it really wasn't until I got into that, in- that envelope system where, I, you know, when I was out of money, I was out of money. When I had $5, I had $5. And when you have $5, you know, you know you have $5, and you're going to make Mm -hmm. decisions based on that because you really only have $5. So in the beginning of my debt um, repayment journey, that's what I did. And I actually did that for 
I would say, a year or two and was able to pay off hundreds of dollars in debt, if not thousands, just through doing that system and learning how to be responsible with cash. So that's kind of where I started when I was getting out of debt. Now, where I'm at now is I realized through that system that I'm a person that needs to know how much everything costs that I'm going to be spending for the month. I need to pre-plan how much needs to go towards what. And then as I spend money, because I've also been someone who's overdrafted my account in the past, I need to know um, when I, I need to be tracking like when I spend something basically. So I know how much I'm spending and I track how, my expenses, you know, as I go. And um, per, what works for me now is I really like, there's a lot of really good apps. So for a while I was pencil and paper. And I mean, I literally kept like an old school ledger where I wrote out <laughs> everything I was going to spend. Mm-hmm. And I wrote out every time I spent it and I knew how much money was in my account. And I knew how much money I had, not just what my account says, because please be aware that if you have a bank account, it may not have the most updated amount in your account, which is how overdrafts happen. So you would have to know that for yourself, which is what kind of keeping track allows you to do. Um, but what I really like to use now is, you know, there's an app that I put on my phone. It's a free app. The app I happen to use is Every Dollar. It allows mm-hmm. me to make a uh, zero bit. Yeah. Girl, I love that every dollar. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, I love it. So I, I'm able to put all my expenses in there, and as I spend it, you know, I, I track what I put in it, and it lets me know what I have remaining. And um, that really just allows me to be organized and to be really, really clear. Because I think what happens with money is we live in vagueness. And when you live in vagueness where you don't really know how much money you have and you don't really know, you know, what you have to spend, that kind of thing, that's how debt happens. It happens when you're really not paying attention and you're not really living in clarity with what you've got. Yes, I love this conversation because, one, I also downloaded uh, recently, not too long ago, uh, the Every Dollar app. And, you know, in, in talking about, I know, like, uh, listening, my, my uh, significant other was telling me to listen to Dave Ramsey. And mm-hmm. I know he talks about Financial Peace University, and he talks about the envelope method, and really just mm-hmm. visualizing your money. And that's really, you know, what stood out to what you said to me is like, you really wrote down before the apps, you know, you wrote down what you had, um, you also put your things in categories and I think we don't do that enough we just put group everything together and say okay I paid this I paid that but we don't have any budget for anything else other than paying our rent or mortgage or car note and then we don't think about okay how much do I want to budget for groceries how much do I want to budget for you know just fun you know um, treating myself how much do I want to budget you know for being able to treat others or maybe you know just putting into my savings that's really important and I think when you start to visualize your money like almost like how mean you know a lot of people do uh, with their goals, you know, in the beginning of the year, everyone has the vision board parties and they want to visualize their dreams, but we still have to do the same thing when it comes to our money is actually seeing Mm -hmm. it every day and, you know, making sure that we're actually sticking to it. So I definitely love what you said and you guys definitely make sure you hashtag debt free uh, community and check that out. See if there's some, you know, great tips that you can learn um, and be encouraged. I love what you said. Another thing about community. There's 
there's a lot of people out there that are doing the same mm-hmm. thing and trying to get debt free. So I think accountability really helps too. Um, yes. I know one thing with my significant other, we actually challenged each other to look at each other's credit reports and talk about the things that were on our credit and then talk about you know, the things, how we're going to get them off and see who can get them off first and making sure we're holding it, you know, each other accountable. Mm -hmm. And and I think that starts to create a healthiness and creates less tension, one within relationships, two within your relationship with money. And it becomes like, yay, I got something deleted off my credit report. And you're celebrating the small victories and things of that nature instead of looking at it in a fearful manner. But if you don't look, if you don't visualize, if you don't plan, if you don't, you know, all those things that you mentioned, then you won't be able to celebrate those victories and get to a point of a healthier lifestyle. So other than the envelope method, like what are some other financial habits that people should start to create in their routine? Well, one thing that, you know, I was really, that I wanted to add was um, that really helped me when it came to doing a budget. Because like I said, I spent a long time trying to learn how to do a budget. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, really be able to do a budget and keep it. And I want to yeah. say that, number one, like perfectionism used to get in the way with, with your budget or with my budget, which is one of the reasons I like the Every Dollar um, app, because, mm-hmm. like, you can plan all you want, but life often doesn't go <laughs> with your plan. Mm-hmm. So it helps if you have a little bit of flexibility in there. And with an app like Every Dollar, you're able to see that, like, okay, you meant to spend this amount on this one thing, but if something changes then what are you going to sacrifice or move around in some other way? I mean, it's just about making your money flow from one thing to the next. Mm -hmm. Um, And when it comes to tracking expenses, I also wanted to mention that a mistake I used to make is assuming how much something was going to cost. So I used to shortchange myself when it came to, like, my food budget or my um, fun budget because I didn't really know what I spent. So a good starting point for someone if you don't have a budget is just take a couple of months to track your spending. And that way when you make a budget, you can actually make something that is realistic for what your real lifestyle is like, if that makes sense. So tracking your spending is one thing you can do to really get yourself in gear (laughs) to be able to have a budget. I love that. And there's, there's definitely apps out there, you guys, that can link to your bank account and will show you, hey, yeah. you spent, uh, you know, this much money, you know, at home goods or eating out this month or whatever it was. Um, it'll definitely show you and kind of call you out a little bit on your spending habits. I love yeah. one of the, the key buzzwords that you talked about when you're budgeting is sacrifice. Can you talk a little bit about what that looked like for you and how important is like one being flexible, but also understanding sacrifice? I think what's really important when it comes to money, um, you talked about vision boards and goals. You really have to know what's important to you and what you value. So, for example, if you're someone who values self-care in terms, well, let me be specific, because self-care can mean a thousand and one things to mm-hmm. different people, but let's say you value self-care in the form of getting your hair done and getting your nails done, like those mm-hmm. kind of routines, then you're someone who needs to make sure that you put that inside of your budget. <laughs> like, And it's okay 
it's okay to put that in there. Like, mm-hmm. I think that that was another um, problem that I had along the way trying to budget is I would go to extremes of being way too lavish and, and doing way too much in everything or being mm-hmm. completely stingy and miserly with myself. And, of course, like, that would eventually make me so miserable that I would end up, like, I would say binge spending in some kind of way, like because I can't walk yeah. that crazy line. I can't walk it. Like I can't do it. So I would end mm-hmm. up just like splurging, and in my case, usually splurging on like a trip because I'm big like that. Like where I'm just gonna drop everything and go to the Dominican Republic um, <laughs> after I've been so tight with myself. Hey, now, you know, now it. I'm like I deserve this. I deserve yes. this. <laughs> so sacrifice to me really comes in when you know what you want and you know what your short-term and long-term goals are so that you can make sure whatever decisions you make are actually in line with those long and short-term goals. So if you want to buy a house, then there are certain things that you're going to be doing with your budget because that's one of your goals and you really need to keep that in front of you and you are going to be willing to sacrifice things. So, for example, you may sacrifice having cable television for a year because that's money that could be going towards you saving just a little bit more for your down payment on your house. And it's 100% worth that sacrifice if you have, you know, a goal in mind. So sacrifice, I think, is really important when it comes to your money and budgeting, but it has to be – it only works if it's in touch with with the goals that you have for yourself. If it's just out of the blue being stingy with yourself, realistically, you're probably not going to be able to live up to that for very long. I love what you said about one, being realistic. So knowing what's important to you. And it sounds like also not feeling guilty about what's important to you. So I think some Mm -hmm. people, when they think of the word budget, they think, oh, that means I have to get rid of everything I care about. And that's not necessarily true. Um, Like you said, if getting your hair done and getting your nails done is important to you every month, then you need to incorporate that in your budget. So one, that you're not miserable, right? So you still Mm -hmm. feel like you're being you, but you on a budget. And then, you know, so maybe if hair and nails is the thing that you like, then, you know, maybe, okay, I can sacrifice one extra night of going out to eat you know, or two nights of going out to eat, you know, and and I'll cook instead of go out to eat and I can be able to get my, you know, my nails and my hair done for the month. So I think people have to understand, and this is me included, um, because now that I'm really trying to apply, really sticking to a budget and finding out ways that I can sacrifice. And so for me, One of the sacrifices that I make every day is I pack my lunch and I pack my breakfast. I actually learned that from Oprah, believe it or not, from someone who does not need to pack a lunch and can definitely (laughs) afford to eat out every single day. Mm -hmm. She says she packs literally her breakfast, her snacks and her lunch and her dinner every day because she knows she works long days. So she's packing Mm -hmm. literally the whole day, Mm -hmm. Um, so including your snacks. 
And I think you realize, you don't realize, like I, because I work in this, I work downtown Philadelphia. It's so easy, especially if you work in a downtown area. There's restaurants, especially now that the weather starts to break and get really nice. There's happy hours everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's everything that wants to say, spend money. And mm-hmm. you want to sometimes spend money. But I definitely yeah. make sure that I, you know, say, okay, well, Darcel, if you want to go out to eat once a week, then we need to save our money our, and our coins, you know, mm-hmm. in a different area. So I pack my lunch instead of buying it out every day because that can be $10 a day easy. And then, you know, if you're working five days a week, that's $50 a week. And that could have been, you know, you're going out to eat money uh, for like at a fancier restaurant or something or date night or something. So it's really just talking about where to allocate your money. And I yep. think, you know, it makes it less intimidating when you realize I don't have to necessarily deprive myself of my joys it can just mm-hmm. be that i reallocate some things and i sacrifice some things so that way i can be able to enjoy the you know the things that make me happy and well and also just to i just want to tag on to that a little bit because you said something really huge when it comes to like eating out for lunch for example that's or happy hour those things are the things where you realize that, like, we also live in a society that really normalizes just, like, crazy spending. Like, yes. really. <laughs> you know, yes. like, we actually do live in a society that tells us, like, everybody's, it looks like everybody's going to happy hour, everybody's buying their lunch, mm. everybody is going on trips every, you know, six months or whatever it looks like on Instagram. Um, And when we are looking at those things and we are defining those things as normal, it may make you feel like you're doing something really odd or different. And that's, again, another reason why, like you mentioned, accountability. So whether that accountability uh, partner is your spouse or your friend who's also trying to work on these same issues. And then, again, I'm going to plug the hashtag debt-free community, you know, that you can find for free. Um, you know, on Instagram, because these are people who are doing this same thing we're talking about, and they're doing it all over the world, which lets you know that you are not weird or unique or different just because you want to be financially responsible. I love that. I think the gram will have you fooled in a second. Don't mm-hmm. let the gram uh, and social mm-hmm. media guys get you broke. Don't do it. Okay? Yep. Because yep. sometimes people are living a very fake lifestyle on the gram. Those people who are posting things may not, those things may not actually even be theirs that they're posting. And then two, um, if they are posting, it doesn't mean that their credit score is good. Doesn't mean that they're living a lavish not lifestyle. Um, it could yep. just be that they're climbing themselves into debt just to keep up with the Joneses too. So So you definitely want to, I think we have to redefine what's sexy. We have to redefine what's cool. We have to redefine um, Mm -hmm. what's, you know, I guess good, you know, because of the fact that we all want to keep up. We all want to have the biggest labels or this or that. But, you know, if you really want to be debt free and if you really want financial peace, you have to start facing it and you have to start seeing what you can do to get stuff off your credit that doesn't belong there. And then to start making healthier decisions today, like you don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, procrastinate any longer. You can say, hey, if while you're listening to this episode and you say, I'm going to pull my credit score 
right now. Go for it and start getting, you know, start turning things around if you, you know, um, are struggling with your credit score. And then also definitely take the tips and keys um, to building your credit score and, and being able now, as far as like deletions, how can people do that when if they want to get some things that they found out, oh, you know, this doesn't belong here or, you know, I want to negotiate. I know one you said, make sure it's in writing. How can people do that? Okay, so if, you, if you're looking at your credit report and you realize that there's something on there that doesn't belong on there and you want to dispute it, you can write a letter to whatever credit company you're looking at. So, you know, if you're looking at, let's say, a TransUnion um, credit report, you would write directly to, credit, to, to, to TransUnion requesting that they remove that account and telling exactly why. And if you're looking for a template for a letter like this, there are literally thousands of them online. Like, it is not complicated whatsoever. You can literally put in, like, dispute letter, and you will get a template where all you have to do is write your name, like, put your name in it, (laughs) and that's it. You know, it's that simple. And then companies are actually responsible for answering you back in writing within 30 days. And if they do not answer you back within writing in 30, day, 30 days, then they legally are um, required to remove whatever that thing is from your credit, no, no question asked. So it's about doing the footwork of having a bit of a, of a paper trail. And this is where people do sometimes become willing, like myself, to pay for a credit repair mm-hmm. because it, this this can be tedious. This can take time. It's totally worth it. You can do it. But if you want to pay someone to do that work, it, you know, that it it does shortcut that for you. Yeah. So let's talk about it. So some people feel, Hey, don't, um, hire anyone for credit repair. And then some people feel, Hey, it was so worth it. I've known individuals who've gotten, you know, repossessions off of their credit Mm -hmm. report and, and how that deleted, Talk about that. What are some of the services that they can get from you? So, you know, I like to say that, like, have it your way. And I never want people to feel like I'm there trying to pressure them into doing credit repair because I 100% know and believe and have for myself repaired my own credit, and you can do it. And I'm also supportive of anyone who wants, you know, and, you know people actually send me messages, DM me all the time, <laughs> asking me like myself, <laughs> like yourself, you know, they DM me and they just want to know, like, how does this work and what do I have to do? And I am very, like, open and willing to answer these questions because, like I said, most of this is way more simple than what we think. But on mm-hmm. the other side of it, there are people like myself who are busy working a full-time job and have multiple other things that they're doing who don't necessarily have the time um, to dedicate to doing this work. And if those people are interested, what they can do is they can reach out to me if they want right through Instagram. And what it looks like is if you are someone who wants to pay for credit repair, you literally sign up. And what I would do is what you and I just talked about, pull those three credit reports for you look and see what's on those credit reports, and then begin the, the work of drafting up these letters that then I would have you sign. We send them into the company, and then the company has 30 days to pay back. And then I, when you are going through someone else's service, you have someone who is literally being paid 
to track these things down. Whereas if you do it on your own, you have to be responsible and diligent with that every 30 days. Mm-hmm. If you're paying for that service, you literally can just hand this off, and it is now someone else's job to every 30 days make sure that they're drafting those letters, make sure the reply comes back, check, make sure it's come off the report, and then look and see, like, are there other things? And basically you can do that for several rounds, and it is amazing what getting a few things off your credit report can do. I mean, when I used a credit repair um, service like this, I literally had my credit score go up 150 points within 60 days. Amazing. So, like, if you want those kind of results, you know that you're not someone who's going to take the time to to do this work for whatever your reasons are. You 100% can pay for it. It is worth it. It is not a ripoff. Um, I know that there that some people have had bad experiences with that, so it is really important that you do your homework and make sure you're dealing with legitimate people who are, you know, using good good products. Absolutely, and I can definitely just attest to the you know having different people use credit repair individual people individuals who um, do credit repair, and they have seen. I mean, literally, their scores jump up significantly Mm -hmm. and got things off that they thought they would never get off um off of Mm -hmm. their credit and it just goes to show you what time and effort whether it's like you said whether it's you yourself as an individual or whether it's entrusting a reputable person that just goes to show you like if you just do the work, you don't have to be in debt and you don't have to have a bad credit score. You don't have to live with that. You don't have to be in fear of like, say, like you were saying earlier, purchasing a car, purchasing a home because you're like, man, I know I don't have the credit. Right. So mm-hmm. you can take this time. And like you said, whether it's 30 days at a time, whether it's a couple months of your time, just to say, if I dedicate the next, you know, three to six months to just repairing my credit, by the end of the year, I can now start to see myself in a whole different uh, direction of what can I can afford and what I can get. And I think another thing, too, would really open my eyes about credit. You know, you're pay- if you think about it, um, when it comes to someone with a great credit score and someone with a poor credit score, you both are paying for the same exact product, mm-hmm. but one is paying double the trouble because of yeah. their bad reputation. And so someone who has a great credit, uh, credit score, like you said, has low APRs and they're able to get something at way lower cost than someone who is not trustworthy. So that's mm-hmm. why it's so important, you guys, if you are listening and you're trying to repair your credit, definitely you can either seek out Crystal uh, Credit Chica, of course, or you can start to repair your credit yourself and really say I'm going to turn this around because literally if you're applying for anything like getting a new car or something you're paying double the trouble because mm-hmm. of the fact that your trustworthiness to lenders yep. and worse if you just took the next six months to dedicate to getting that credit score up you will actually pay so much less mm-hmm. than others because of the fact that now you're someone who's reputable and someone who's yep. trustworthy Yeah. Right. And then just like, and then the add on to that, which that is, it is huge. Like I had no idea how much money having better credit would save me. (laughs) Like I had no clue. Um, But like adding on to that, if you are someone who is trying to buy a home, which, you know, I know that that was, that was like a really huge deal for me when I got to the point of this whole journey that I just Mm -hmm. explained where I went from someone who 
wasn't great with my money, really my credit score was bad, to then being in a position where I was, I went to a lender and I rem- it was, I wasn't married yet, but my husband and I, who was my, not my husband at the time, but was my boyfriend, long-term boyfriend, um, he wanted to buy a home. And I was like, I didn't want to be like, I didn't want to tell him the truth. I want to be like, baby, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to, you know, they're going to really extend that to me because I knew where I had come from. But in mm-hmm. fact, when we sat down, and, and I was nervous because you're nervous when you don't know. Like, if I yes. would have had this information, if I would have had an app, if I would have, you know, had, if I would have known what I knew now, I would have been able to have more access to it. At the time, I didn't. But when we sat down with a lender and they were able to pull my credit score, and my score was much higher than I had thought because I had put all that work in, mm-hmm. and then that was put aside his credit score. And then those two together were what determined whether we were able to get a home loan. That was a really powerful moment in my life. And if I had not been doing this work of learning how to be financially responsible, starting to become aware that credit was important, I wouldn't have been in the position. And and home ownership is so, so possible. I'm talking about buying a home in Los Angeles, California, where on the low end you are paying three four or even $500,000 for a mm-hmm. home. I thought that was impossible for me to enter into. And it turns out it was not. It was not <laughs> impossible because mm-hmm. if you were doing these things and you were taking care of your, your finances and learning how to take care of your credit, you will qualify for things like an FHA loan yes. um, that will entitle a, a, a first-time home buyer to buy a home uh, putting 3.5% down instead of 20% down, which are the Mm -hmm. kinds of roadblocks that keep people from buying their first property. So I also just want to encourage people to take care of their credit because if you are trying to build a legacy for your family through home ownership, this is a critical piece to that. Like if this is not going to happen, if you cannot get your credit together. Yes, what you talked about was literally – probably where me and my significant other are now in that powerful moment of seeing each other's credit ladies 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 let me tell you there's nothing more humbling okay a humbling experience in your relationship to sit there with a significant other and this is something that people don't talk about is their finances when they're in relationships it's like an off people don't talk about that you know because especially if you feel like you're uncomfortable with that conversation a lot of people um don't talk about their finances and that was something that I avoided for a very long time being in you know several relationships but in this specific relationship because we're talking marriage and that's a very key thing that you mentioned is that at some point, you got to talk about that credit, honey, and you mm-hmm. got to say, okay, so what we working with, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, it's better to know it now and, and like you said, fix it and repair it. And I was so fearful. So I, I felt your pain <laughs> when you were talking about that, about pulling the credit score. And I, I it actually was higher than I thought. And that was like the coolest, the cool part. 
But it was one of those fearful moments because I didn't know and I was so scared to know. So listeners, I want you to know that we are speaking from a place not where we're perfect, but we've been there. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with me seeking out to purchase my, you know, investment properties, you know, I had to have that humbling moment. And, you know, he was able to face that with me and we were able to look at each other's credit scores and then talk about what we need to work on and what are some habits that we need to change. And then also what are some good things that are happening and then how can we continue those things? So it is a very uh, healthy conversation and definitely test your relationship. I think so. It takes it to a whole nother level because it really makes it seem like that you can really, after seeing each other's credit report, I feel like you've conquered the world after that because you're like, from there, we got this, you know? So I think that's definitely, and and just, you know, as statistics wise, you know, marriages, they always say that finances is the huge indicator uh, if it's not well, you know, if it's not good finances or financial struggles or, or, or situations of that nature, it ends up being, you know, resulting in divorce because of finances. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show you like finances is important and handling your finances in a healthy way is important and not avoiding it. And so you definitely shared so many different experiences. I had to share that sentiment with you because I've definitely been in that position and I know exactly what that feels like. Yeah. But then you feel so much more victorious after that. Yeah. Well, people think that, like, intimacy is, you know, when you guys get, like, naked for the first yeah. time. Like, that's intimacy. I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you nothing is more intimate than really <laughs> oh, seeing what somebody is working with when yes. it comes to how much money they're making, how yes. they treat their money. Like, when you really learn, like, when you start well, for me, like showing those parts of myself and knowing yes. that I wasn't perfect in the things that I had done, like that's true intimacy. And yes. it's kind of a make or break to see, like, are you, are you guys as a couple really, like people talk about being equally, equally yoked and that's kind of on a spiritual level, but there's another yes. level to that to me and that is financial. Because you really Absolutely. have to know, like, are our goals the same? Are we trying to do the same things? We don't have to have the same behavior because, like, in my case, like, I've got a saint, girl. I don't know where this man <laughs> financially, like, I don't know where he came from because he's just <laughs> one of the most financially responsible people. And he doesn't have to write a thousand things down. He doesn't have to do what I have to do. I have yeah. to work to have this. And he does this very naturally. He's just kind of, he's financially That's mature. So it's amazing. I'm like, what? Like these people, I don't even know like where he came from because <laughs> that I did not, I don't even have a model. Like I didn't get that, that gene. <laughs> no, like who? But then I met his mom and, and I get it. Cause he, he just comes from, you know, we, our families have a lot to do with this stuff. I mean, yes. I, I'm to, in my opinion, you know, like for when I think about my parents and I think about the way that they struggled and did their best, like they were just surviving. And I grew, up how, I grew up knowing how to survive, and that's what I did. But survival can only get you so far. When you start yes. wanting these other things in your life, you're going to have to learn how to thrive, not just survive. Yes. And being able to do that means you have to start to learn this new information, you know? Absolutely. And I think that also, too, speaking about, you know, 
you can break the cycle too. I think, you know, for, for me as well, I think my parents really got good at surviving. We didn't have a silver spoon in our mouth, but we didn't have a plastic one either. You know, it was very much where we were okay. You know, we were okay, Mm -hmm. but we didn't, we weren't the richest kids on the block. We just felt like we were because we had a lot of love in our home. But one thing that was not mentioned was finances and how do you manage that how do you deal with that um because life just really gets thrown at you really really fast especially when you graduate high school graduate college and you enter into that adulthood you're like oh i can spend my money however i just feel like i to be honest when i was in my Mm -hmm. 20s and i look back at it and i'm like I felt like I was the richest person ever because I was in spending money on like the dumbest things ever. And I'm like, now being this responsible adult, I'm like, where was all that money? Because I felt like I had more money in my 20s, but it was just because I was spending it on dumb stuff. And you feel like, oh, I have money to spend, but really you're not doing anything else responsible with your money. You know, now that I'm on a budget and now that I'm like, okay, actually watching my money and seeing where it goes, you know, um, it, it forces you in a different in a different way to level up, so to speak. And that's something that in schools, you know, I feel like we need to really up our financial education and really prepare individuals on what to expect after high school, after college. I feel like we're not doing that enough. We're not creating those habits early with our kids. And then also in our households, we're not having these open conversations. All I ever heard was money doesn't grow on trees. That's all I ever heard, you know, growing up and but it's like okay well money technically they do because it's paper but but at the same time it's like okay if if there's not enough money tell me why and then if there is money in the home tell me where does it come from and then tell me also how did you budget how do you get all the things to be able to make sure that we have what we have whether it's clothes on our back food on the table if kids start learning this at an earlier age i feel like we'll make less mistakes when we're adults because we'll understand the actual concept when you just think that hey i just want to blow my money because i want to keep up with the gram and social media that takes it to another level and then you realize you have to undo all those mistakes because because you were never educated in the first place. So, and then the other thing that you mentioned, just, yes, I think the ultimate intimacy for sure, one of the the most ultimate intimacies is uh, seeing each other's finances because like you said, you can be... You know, you can hide, uh, you know, you can be intimate with someone sexually, but you can hide everything else about yourself, including your finances. And that financial part is what scares people off, because especially now when you're getting entering into a marriage, now your debt becomes their debt and their debt becomes your debt. But if no one ever talked about it, no one resolved it then now you're forced to climb out of things that didn't even belong to you in the beginning, you know? So that's really important to have that financial health and have those conversations and be transparent. So that way you can truly feel, like you said, that testing that relationship and seeing if it's really meant to be um, and how that person handles it. And then also, how can you guys problem solve together to get to a better financial health? So I think you shared so many amazing tips tonight and stories and definitely things that we can, I feel like all of us can walk away with. Um, Is there any last, you know, financial or credit words that you wanted to drop off to everyone? 
just that you can do it, that you can yes. do it, that you can, you can become financially responsible, you can pay your debt off, you can increase your credit score, you can own a home. Anything you want to do financially is within your power to do, and it's just about figuring out what that first step is for you and doing it. Love it. And yes, you guys, you heard that. You can do it. So let's get it done. Okay, let's reach our financial goals in 2019 and many years after that. So where can they follow you? How can they keep up with you and stick, you know, be able to either utilize your services or see all the different uh, tips that you have? Uh, How can they find Mm -hmm. you? Well, the easiest way to find me is on Instagram in terms of just getting all the tips and, you know, getting a sense of what I do and also in terms of just reaching out to me if you're interested for credit repair. Um, So you can find me at Crystal with a K. Crystal underscore credit underscore Chica at, at Instagram. Um, and you can also find me uh, on my website, all one word, crystalcreditchica.com. I can also be found, if you want to email me any of your questions, at crystal.credit.chica um, at gmail.com. And any of those three ways, you can get in touch with me and we can talk more. Yay! Well, it was so great to have you on tonight. Thank you so much for just spending time with us and spending time with our listeners and being able to drop so many gems. I definitely sincerely appreciate you. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your platform and what you're doing. I'll be following and sharing and continuing to stay in touch with your journey. (laughs) Thank you so much. You were amazing. Now, don't forget to click the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. I'll be bringing you a new episode every week. Also, don't forget to follow your host, your girl, Darcel Laurie, on IG at Darcel World. And, of course, you know I love hearing from you, so make sure that you send all your questions, topics, even guests that you would love to hear from at mogultalkpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Mobile Talk with Darcel Laurie, where success is just a byproduct of who we are. Make sure to join us next week for another great episode. Until then, continue to talk and live like a mogul.